Gents, how are we doing? Full house with myself, Ian and Tristan for another episode of the Landlord Page podcast. Today we've got Peter Laverdos returning for a second episode. And I think this applies to landlords as well, this, this, this piece of advice is prepare early. Prepare early, get a recession plan in place so that when it happens you know what you're going to do and it may just take certain tweaks in your strategy as opposed to having to sit back and make rapid decisions which might not be the right decision. First time in the new studio, Ian has been bouncing around the office all day. I reckon this is his favourite guest from Series 1. So, Ian, to come to you, what do you want to know from Pete today? Because the world's changed since we last saw him. Yeah, I mean, so the reason why I'm excited is Peter, he's a landlord, but he's also a business coach. And he, you know, works with businesses at high levels, medium levels, small levels. But his strategy, planning, his advice, his coaching that he gives to business owners is so thorough and we've experienced it personally that I think there's just so much that could be shared for people looking to be professional landlords, you know, true professional landlords from a business coach. And I think because he's also got the landlord hat that he shares as well, just the variety of conversation that we're gonna have in this podcast, there's so much value came from the last episode. If anyone's listening and they haven't heard, Peter's first episode. Troll back through the uh, through the episodes and check it out because there's a lot of stuff that he said that has now come to fruition that I think deep down we were a bit like, mm, not sure if it's going to do that, but it has. So he knows his stuff and uh, yeah, excited to get him in. Tristan? Exactly what you just said there. The one thing that you mentioned on the last podcast was uh, the one thing to be aware of moving forward over the next six months is cost of living. And what have we seen in the recent months? Cost of living spike substantially and how it's having an impact on not just tenants but everyone even landlords um, so it'd be interesting to hear his opinion on how he sees the next six months going into next year um, and what impact that's going to have on the market moving forward yeah just to reiterate peter's cv is absolutely littered with success as a business coach as a landlord as a business owner as well he led one of the biggest estate agencies in the south through the last recession and they absolutely blew up and growth uh, on the way out which is something everybody knows about and uh, he now helps other companies in their planning so I can't wait to get Peter on whether you're a landlord whether you're thinking about being a landlord or even whether you're a business owner this is going to be 45 minutes of absolute gold so let's bring him in. Peter thank you for joining us for the second time almost got the hat trick we'll see we'll see but how are you how is business for you yeah very good thanks good to be back with the avocado team uh love your new offices love to see what you're what you're doing and good to see the progress um and everything's good on our side thanks for asking uh business is moving forwards um there's definitely a a trend out there now that we're seeing more than previously where business owners are proactively looking for ways to improve their businesses yeah um there's a lot of uncertainty around and they're not really sure what's around the corner. Yeah. So we're seeing a, a, quite a bit of incoming inquiries. Um, and that's a lot, you know, there's a lot of small businesses doing that. Sort of one man bands up to up to five people. Um, but encouragingly, there's some larger businesses talking to us as well. Because in the first episode, we spoke a lot about how how you coach businesses and the you know the the business that you run for those business owners. But we were trying to translate that into maybe how people should think about their property portfolios. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all in agreement that we probably hadn't thought about it that way as people that have got portfolios. 
But we very much spoke about that. Now, like you mentioned, uncertainty in the climate. If you read the news or if you go, I don't watch the news in the morning because it just sets me off on the bad foot for the day. Um, But if we did, it it looks like in, you know, in real terms, it's going to be tricky climate, economic climate for the next however long. And are you feeling that with with some of the businesses that you're talking to at the moment? Is that your gut feel in terms of you're now trying to strategize with business owners, with people looking to invest in property? Do the do the educational part of it now so that you're almost skilled up, ready for those challenges rather than they hit you in the face unexpectedly? Um, Absolutely. Get get yourselves get yourselves prepared for Mm -hmm. what's coming. Um, I think we all know what's coming. There will there'll definitely be a recession. Um, I think productivity in June was reported at down 0.9%. And so it's GDP down by 0.9%. Uh, and that trend continues. Uh, a recession is defined as two quarters of negative growth. Um, so I think we can quite safely say with energy prices mm-hmm. and the impact of that, with uh, what's going on in the labor market, um, with uh, inflation sitting at over 10% reported by the bank, but be much higher than that. Um, we can see that it's coming mm. and it'll definitely come. And it's not the first time that we go into recession. It's yeah. cyclical. It always happens. Yeah. I think I've been through three or four recessions um, in my working career. And um, and I think this applies to landlords as well. This, this, this piece of advice is prepare early. Prepare early, get a recession plan in place so that when it happens, you know what you're going to do. And it may just take certain tweaks in your strategy as opposed to having to sit back and make rapid decisions, which might not be the right decisions. Because a lot of a lot of the landlords that we talk to that are becoming new landlords, Tristan, at the moment, seem to be people that are owning small or medium sized businesses that have not had weak sort of COVID scenario. They've had a really strong positive growth in their business and they've they thought, right, some of this extra cash we've got in our business will invest in property. And that makes a lot of sense because if you're planning your business around recession proofing, you you need to plan your portfolio around it as well. And I don't know whether all landlords kind of look at things that way. It's it's kind of right. There's a tenant in there. I'll forget about it unless there's a problem is the normal sort of process that I think we experience, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's a new category of people um, that I've found, especially recently. Um, and, and like I said, they're all people that's, that's had a really successful couple of years and Property is obviously a great way to invest and and have an asset that's sat there that's going to make money long term. We all know property is a long term game, not a short term investment. Give it ten years, so like you said you've been in three or four recessions now, so you've seen the positives and the, the negatives of both. Um, not only is the tenant going to pay the rent, but within that period, you'll buy at a lower price. Obviously, with the way prices have been, um, and give it give it five ten years and you'll see a massive growth on that based upon what we've seen over the last 20 30 years because the bounce back is is the normal process that happens mm. isn't it you if you see the dip or you see it's you know plateau whatever it may be especially in the property market the bounce back normally comes back a hell of a lot stronger than, than where it was before so it's just a case of people want to gamble on the curve don't they and no one can predict the curve when it's up or going down you can jump in the middle when it's going up but it's hard to to know when it is at the bottom or if it if it will drop at all. Mm. One thing that's probably going to continue to climb though is rental prices because that's the one thing that even if the property market stops climbing in terms of residential growth, 
the rental prices don't seem to show any sign of slowing down. And that is very much a simple case of demand and supply and, and recession irrelevant. If there's not enough property to let for the amount of tenants looking, they will keep going up. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say it doesn't really take a GCSE in economics to to figure out if two landlords are selling for every one who's buying, mm. it's gonna push prices up regardless of what the world outside the the little lettings bubble looks like, which which will be an interesting playoff against affordability because with the cost of bills going up and the cost of living going up with with energy bills through october and then january what doubling tripling whatever's going to happen well who are you going if you're going to advertise your property at a really high price you have to be very very careful about the type of tenant that you put in yeah i think that from you're obviously a landlord as well as a, a business coach you've got a career a former career in property as well so it's really close to your heart and have you thought from your land with your landlord hat on about ways that potentially you you might I don't know look at tenants and think is this the right tenant for me bearing mm. in mind their career or whatever it may be is that something that you've thought about yeah very very definitely so I think there's a there's a couple of things in here um, if we roll back a little bit going back to business owners with some disposable income and um, that you were talking about and thinking about what are they going to do with that disposable income well as we go into a tougher market recession um, First of all, make sure that you're looking after your cash mm. uh, and ensure that you've got a cash buffer. Um, now, I know you've got to play that off against inflation. Interest rates on, they might be going up a little bit, but they're not that high. Not in the banks, inflation. they're not. Not, nope. <laughs> not in my savings account at 0.02. <laughs> no, yeah. no, they're not generous, are they? <laughs> no. And they slow to respond. Um, but you want, to, you, you want to make sure you've got some cash to carry your business over. So if things get really hard, and let's say trading completely ceases for a period of three, four, five, six months, do you have the cash to carry yourself through without having to make significant changes? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is with some extra cash, what are you going to do with it? Because we've already said about the interest rates. So think about where you're going to put that, where you're going to put that money. Now, um, uh, Dale Norton, who founded and grew Romans, had a lots of really good advice and one of the things that he said that really stuck in my mind was that every market makes a market every market makes a market so it's all about how you decide to approach the upcoming market mm -hmm. um tristan you've already alluded to investing in property and yeah they whilst there might be good opportunities to to invest in property the one thing i would say is um you, you can do all the sums you can do all the numbers but at the end of the day it's about just getting it done making a decision and and pulling the trigger and getting it done. Uh, if you, in my experience, if you try and get too clinical about it, unless you're a real expert, you'll never make the decision because you'll paralyze yourself with with all the information. Um, so if you've got that extra money, property is always a good investment, always has been a good investment on the longer term. Um, make a decision and go and do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then I think the second part of that was coming back to tenants and the strategy about how would I look after my my tenants and just like in my business where it's important to be closer to customers and clients than ever before the same applies to the tenants get close mm -hmm. you know get close through the agent or directly mm -hmm. if you're using a managing agent if you're using avocado get close through avocado let the tenant know that you're there to look after them um, you may need to compromise a bit on rental increases because as mike said affordability is a serious issue we haven't seen the energy price increases come in yet, and they are going to affect our tenants. It's not a question. Yeah. So what can we do to help our tenants 
weather the storm a little bit because it, it is, I approach it as a partnership. My rental properties are worth nothing unless I've got a good partnership with my tenants. Of course, yeah. Um, so I might be prepared to compromise on rental increases. I might decide, and I've already done this in a couple of properties, um, improve the, you know, swap out the boilers, put in more gas effective, uh, or more um, energy efficient boilers, because that'll help the tenants save a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. So um, just like in my business, I'll be investing more in my clients, the same with my property portfolio, invest more in the tenants. And, and what's the what's the purpose of doing this? Well, certainly keeping them there for a longer period of time in a comfortable environment where they like to live can only pay dividends on both sides. They're happy and I'm happy. If you lose the void period, you know, the, a void period, if a tenant does move out, is going to be something a week, two weeks, you know, four weeks. It is going to be something. It's a loss of income, isn't it? And if you can have a really good relationship with your tenant and the communication channel is really open, then we've spoke about it on this podcast a lot, that it makes a massive difference to that whole relationship with landlord and tenant. I think also it helps the tenant when they, they know there's a person, mm. it's not just property and an agent, it feels a bit hotel-y transactionally, where when they know there's a person who's a family man in this case, you know, or family woman, then th that has a bit of an emotional connection as well. I think I find that with my tenant that, you know, I let them know my background and who I am and you know why the property's rented out and as a result they they know the story behind me rather than just seeing a property and I think that makes a big difference so this this month uh, my wife has told me um, with a smile on her face that compared to last month's energy bills she took it upon herself to make some tips and some tweaks and some changes and she has uh, told me this morning actually that we're going to pay 40 percent this month of what we paid last month which i thought that's quite impressive actually yeah. <laughs> what were you doing before <laughs> well we do have a small baby but at the same time obviously the heating hasn't been on so she's, she's made some active changes in our household so mm. from a tenant perspective do we feel as we're all landlords and uh, letting agents here at managing agents do we feel it's our place to uh, guide a tenant? Do you think it would be beneficial for a tenant to get some facts and tips out there? Do you think it's something that would help keep more tenants in the properties and, and actually make their affordability of how things might be over the next 18 months better? Do you think that's our place to do it? Or do you think that's just have a common sense tenant? It's just an interesting topic because it was so relevant across breakfast this morning that um, I don't know what the reward is for that, but my wife was fishing for something, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and to come do an audit on my premises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can get my costs down to 40% of what they yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a. I think you make a really good point there. Um, as a lettings agent, as a managing agent like Avocado, surely you have a duty of care to help and advise the tenants. Um, and that goes both ways. That's in the benefit of the tenant, mm -hmm. but it's also in the benefit of the landlord if you're doing that work for the landlord. So I, I love that idea about energy saving hints and tips. Yeah. Um, coming out from, from the managing agent. Um, and it's everything from changing the light bulbs to LED bulbs and reducing consumption that way to turning the lights off um, all the way through to maybe some of the bigger things like swapping our boilers and, um, and, and, and anything in between. Yeah, because I think with the EPC changes, it's something that's mm. almost going to force the issue but it's, it's actually more relevant than an EPC change now for people's lives. Um, so just, yeah, just an interesting thought process. What, 
no one's got a crystal ball, but in episode one, when we spoke, you did highlight that you felt it was going to be tougher for tenants because of the cost of living. And we didn't know it was going to probably go to the level it's it's going to go in January or will change to in October. Um, but you had a rough idea and you're kind of, you know, highlighting that there will be a recession with the tenants at the moment. 30 times income seems to be the the, the reference in still. When you're looking from um, a tenant's point of view, that can't be relevant anymore, I would have thought, because to just times income by, you know, 30 weeks income, 30 weeks rent to income, I should say, that that doesn't seem relevant anymore to me. It's the same getting a mortgage. It almost feels like when they do the fact finding sheet, that fact finding sheet is no longer the same pricing. The pricing is not relevant anymore because things are so different. So from a landlord's perspective, for us talking as a, as a managing agent, is that something that you proactively like to hear maybe from the the letting agent that actually before it was 30, 30 times the rent. Now, actually, we're looking, even though the referencing company wants it to go through at that, we're looking for 40 or something like that. Mm. Do you think that would be of, of benefit for, for landlords out there to look at that element of things? Honest answer is I, I don't know. Um, so let me expand on that. My, my, my tenants have been with me for years and years and years and haven't moved out. So I haven't looked to try and find a new tenant yeah. for a good period of time. Um, so I don't know about the 30 times, 40 times where it would sit. So that's from experience. From, from a common sense perspective, um, I think anything that the managing agent can do to reassure the landlord that the tenant is a high quality tenant and that the rent is relatively secure, mm. it's really important. I mean, that's, that's part of your mandate. That's what, that's what we pay managing agents for. That's what we yeah. pay Avocado for because you've got that, that experience and knowledge and expertise. Um, I think it, it, it's probably going, that, that algorithm or whatever you want to call it, it's probably going to go a little bit further than just affordability because it's the type of tenant that the landlord wants. So typically my tenants are families. Mm. I know families stay longer, therefore I go and I look for families to, to take on um, and rent my properties. So what might that look for a landlord? Helping landlords, helping your landlords, particularly these business owners that you're working with who might have extra cash or who do have extra cash to invest, helping them understand what that might look like. Because I know from experience, when I started this property journey, I didn't know how to think about finding a tenant. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily understand everything that managing agents were talking to me about. But what I've learned over time is, yes, affordability is important. Um, yes, the type of you know, targeting, the type of tenant is important. Be clear on the type of tenant that you want. Um, work with a really credible managing agent because they can provide the advice. Um, yeah, it's a good, uh, good point there for Avocado. Good plug. To be, to be mentioned. A good yeah. plug. <laughs> we'll keep that in. Yeah, <laughs> don't edit that out. Um, but then there's the other side of the, the coin that I don't understand, which is you look at what's going on in London and you read these stories about tenants queuing around the block to look at a property and outbidding each other manically. And that's where we come back to Mike's point. How, how is this affordable? How is this sustainable? Yeah. What, what type of, you know, what what type of landlord are, are you take are, are you if you're taking on tenants like that? Are you just looking at short term churn, or are you looking at a longer term? I think it's surprising. It's almost right? it's almost hard to prevent. As an agent, Tristan and I have both experienced it mm -hmm. firsthand, where we've priced a property at what we see as 
affordable but good for the landlord, trying to bridge a gap there. And you get 40 inquiries within two hours of listing it. You qualify all those tenants, get maybe 10 or 12 or 7 or whatever it is viewings. And you say, well, this is the price. This is what the landlord wants for it. And people would just just tell you they they want to pay two hundred pounds over the asking price, and as an agent, there's no you're not even asking, you're not soliciting that mm. that type of offer. You're just saying, well, the price is seventeen fifty, and they're saying, yeah, well, I'm full time, I earn a hundred k, my partner's also earning. You're thinking, yeah, great tenant, tick 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 tick, and then they say, I'll pay nineteen fifty, I'll pay two thousand, and you haven't even asked for it yet, and that's the question: is where does where does that end? Mm. What because we, the, the average income we have for tenants, I think you looked, was is something like sixty percent more than the national average income. And yeah, I know we we live in a well healed part of the UK, but there's a reflection on that, and it it's not like people are scraping through, is it? It's people can comfortably afford these properties, and they're bid, they're growing the market themselves. They're they're like you said, two hundred, three hundred pound over asking price don't need to say anything that they're, they're doing it themselves because they've missed out on four five six properties mm. the market's just so busy so i think until there's more properties available to rent it's going to continue regardless of what happens in the market so so i guess there there's a really good point to make to those business owners that you were talking about earlier who've got some additional cash and looking to do something with it there's a really good incentive for them to to talk to you about investing in property yeah 100%. because if the market is driving itself up like that yes it's going to plateau of course it is but if the market's driving itself up like that what a great time to get in it yeah yeah i think the, the landlord sort of the landlord base tends to be a couple who are 50 plus who have seen so much appreciation in their property in the last two years and 15 years that they've owned it, that they're now just cashing in. They're just thinking, I'll cash my chips. It's done well, rather than refurb the house and go again, because mm -hmm. it's now at that point. Let's just take our money and run before the government changes corporation tax, before mm -hmm. the white paper of levelling up comes in, before it gets more difficult, blah, 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 because landlords have been given such a bad name over the last... 10 years and really been smeared i think mm. um that then i'm i don't need to provide accommodation for other people so i'll take my profit and i'll go um and the number of people who are replacing them is is lower there's people who could but Choose maybe just there. just staying you know just not in the same numbers you joke you joked about the banks and obviously having no no interest gained on your your savings and uh, from a business owner's point of view I guess one of the conversations you may have with business owners a lot is how to kind of almost diversify turnover mm. and revenue streams. And as we all know, if, if you start the year with a hundred grand at the moment and you end the year in 2022 with the same hundred grand, if inflation is 10%, which it's reported it's around that, that figure, yeah. it is more, but it's around that figure, then the hundred grand is not worth the hundred grand mm. it was before. So you, mm. you're better off trying to gain at least 10% just to stay level. And I think, probably property as as you allude to there property is a, it's quite a safe place to do that because even though interest rates call it four percent it's about three and a half for the average mortgage at the moment 3.25 for a 60 percent loan to value on a buy to let probably it's still a hell of a lot less than what the rent is mm. so you, you've still got a really good opportunity of turning 
the pound or whatever level of money you've got in your business or in your personal account into more money at the end of the year by being a landlord. And I don't think there's too many places out there that you can invest in effectively guarantee that. Which this, is, I mean, this is this does. is essentially the recession planning for businesses, but for individuals that you were talking about, you've got off camera, we're saying you've got one, one of two choices. You either hunker down and wait until we see the other side of it, or you aggressively go at it to, to, to grow in that period. Mm. Um, and those are the two choices that, that people seem to have mm. at the moment. You can hold your money and that's fine because you're going to be safe. You know, you'll have money to get you through or you can, you can invest and go. I don't know. We invest in property. We invest in uh, energy producers. Uh, <laughs> Green energy producers yeah. will be the next thing. I think that's right. I think um, you know it's a combination of hold some cash, as we discussed previously. But then, you know, m my strategy has always been: how do I earn money when I sleep? Um, and if I can answer that question and execute on earning money when I'm asleep, then I know I'm moving in the right direction. And property is a <laughs> is a sensible, sustainable method of earning money when I sleep. Now, that is with the current legislation and that is with the current dynamics and the supply and the demand and the shortage and everything else that goes with it. And if that changes significantly, and yeah, there have been changes to tax um, implications, all sorts of things over time, but the net effect of the investment in property far outweighs those tweaks that governments make. And unless we see something really, really significant, earning money while you sleep through property is a seems a really sensible and mortgages yeah you were saying they four percent or 4.3 or whatever it's still cheap money yeah still really really cheap money i know it's not the half a percent or one percent that we had a few years ago but equally you lock yourself in for five years or three years and you weather the storm with cheap cheap money cheap as you can borrow i mean credit yeah. cards car finance a loan bank loan whatever you want to look at bridging finance you know everything really it's it's a hell of a lot cheaper than that yeah so in in talking let's let's sort of imagine that you are potentially um working with a client of yours and if we just rather than calling it a business call it a, a portfolio that they own they've got five properties um that they've owned for the last three four back to ten years you know so they've got cash in there and they're looking at this being their full-time role, which nine times out of 10 business owners are. So they're looking at how do we weather the storm? How do we attack the market if it's making a market over the next 24 months? But what they do know is they're okay living in today's climate or in last year's climate with the income they're making from those five properties, but they're not 100% sure whether they're going to be okay going into next year with that. What kind of strategy would you put from a business coach's point of view into that portfolio owner to try and make sure that they're growing that because that's inevitably what they want to do there we spoke about it before do, do we hunker down like you said mm. or you taught us very cleverly look at it at what you need next year and then how do you achieve what you need rather than thinking of how do i save what i need which is a bigger challenge in, in reality than actually going out there and being proactive with it what kind of tips and strategies would you put around that sort of conversation do you think good good question so we'll we'll make an assumption that at this point we're talking about landlords, business owners who want to grow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and they know it's going to be difficult over the next few years. So they want to grow. So I think first thing is um, get really clear on your debt position. Right. Uh, and if you've got expensive money, clear those debts as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. If you've got access to cheap money, 
mortgages or if you're sitting on your bounce back loan and wondering what to do with it yeah um t- take that opportunity you know find yourself cheap money where you can um, but be careful about managing your debt think about it carefully and clear the expensive stuff mm-hmm. um second thing is protect your cash um and what do i mean by protect your cash well yes keep some cash so you're liquid uh secondly ensure that you've got a good cycle of incoming cash so make sure that your payments are collected yeah you know, don't run up arrears uh, in a business if 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 um clients owe you money collect the money you might even look at re reevaluating your terms you know if you if you're collecting on 30 days you might be thinking right maybe i make it 15 days now you can do that in a business what what i struggle with in in the lettings industry is you can't do that in the lettings industry and the uh, uh, and the other part of this is right put your look at your pricing and consider what you're going to do with your pricing if the inflation is eating away at your money and you're still offering the same service you need to be putting your pricing up otherwise you're going to be offering it for less and in the lettings industry that, that there's that once a year big hit mm-hmm. to the tenant and i wonder if that's still right because we're in a tougher environment tenants are going to be really really feeling it maybe there's a case for tenancy agreements to have more frequent increases smaller but more frequent once a quarter for example mm-hmm. so that the tenants don't feel that big whack in one go and also that's that means you can adjust the price increases as a landlord dependent on what's happening in the economy um so think about your collections and how you're going to collect your money um in a business i'd encourage business owners to really focus on their core competencies what are they really really good at there's times where you can go and invest in new products and services and throw a whole lot of money at them and support those products and services to try and grow them and there's times when not to do that mm-hmm. and i would suggest in a recessionary period focus on what you're really really good at what are the what are the products and services that make you money that you know work and that aren't going to take a lot of investment to prop up and make those work and think about well, how do i turn them into recurring revenue streams how do i turn them into subscription revenue streams how do i turn them into upsells so get good at your core competencies as a business owner and the same as a landlord so one of my core competencies as a landlord is you know i look after my tenants and they stick around and they pay and i know i'm good at that so i'm going to work out how can i be better at that we already spoke about um being in touch with your clients as a business mm-hmm. be more in touch let them know you're still open for business let your clients and your prospects know you're open for business and keep in touch with them as increase your communications i mean mike mike and i have seen this in our in our um, working career um an increase in marketing and communications in the recessionary period when it's done right boy does that produce returns when you come out of it mm-hmm. and and you you rightly said earlier properties you know property feels recession first mm-hmm. but it also comes out of recession first and we're feeling it at the moment we're going to see it come out first so increase that sales and marketing investment where you can um as a business owner look at your people and where you're spending your money and either yeah tough times you might have to make some some people redundant you might have to restructure but equally think about how can you repurpose you know if somebody's doing a certain job and that job is not adding the value that it used to where else can you use them in the business because they're obviously with you because they're good people otherwise yeah. why would you have recruited them yeah um and if you don't want to lose good people so how can you look after your people in your business 
Look after them then and they will stand by you forever. Yeah, very good point. And yeah, I think sort of from a business point of view, like you say, increase the marketing that will give you a really good chance of coming out the other end of it, you know, at top of the top of the game. You know, if you don't go in at top of the game, if your marketing is done right in a recession where everyone else turns the tap off a little bit, if you're aggressive with it, it can be really positive for your business. And I think the same for landlords and property investors. I think if they've got the cash ready, you mentioned a lot of people are coming out of the market and selling. I think it's a generation that's ready to kind of use that cash, pay the tax that's due on it, and actually enjoy that cash for the rest of their life. I don't think that's the people that are in the generation below them. They're thinking, right, how do I still create that wealth and create that retirement fund? And how do I get involved in property now, even though you know the prices have gone up over the last two years, especially in the home counties by let's call it 25% because it is about that in the last two years. And I think they're the people that in this opportunity or in this market, they've got a great chance of if the demand drops a little bit, having a little bit more of a pick of, of what opportunities are out there really. And I think you mentioned it before about sort of procrastinating or not taking action, knowing, I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen to this and they know I want to do this, but something just is holding them back. And a prime example of that is a family member of mine reached out to me about five weeks ago and said, Ian, I've got this idea and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to grow a property portfolio. So oh, interesting. Interesting. You spoke to me now, 20 years after <laughs> my career started, but th this was the idea. And they said, right, what's, what's the ideal property? And I said, right, this is the type of property try and ignore the the newer flats and maybe look at some of the older flats where you know the council owned freeholds and it's a bit cheaper to renew the lease there's some opportunities there or look at the stuff you know maybe smaller terraces where you can extend and, and grow the the value of it and i i showed the perfect the perfect one it popped up it's the perfect one go view that buy it and you're off off and running because low budget at the beginning so that they couldn't go too crazy um Drove around, didn't like the look of the area, and then sent me some new flats, which were the ones I told them not to look at. And that, I think, in this this climate that we're going into, is where doing your research and talking to the right people, whether it's business or property investing, getting that education and getting that research done is going to be really valuable for a lot of people because you need to learn off of people that have experienced it and done it before. And I think that's where a lot of people will hesitate and not go forward with a, a business acquisition or an investment mm. in an area that could potentially grow them a new revenue or buying a property that could be a fantastic investment is sometimes they're just not having the right conversations or not listening to the right conversations. I think it's really important. Um, yes, we need to do our due diligence to a degree. Of course we do because we need to make an intelligent decision um, with some data and some fact and some some expertise. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd always say it doesn't have to be perfect. If you wait for the perfect opportunity, yeah. it will never, ever come along. Rather, rather get going. Yeah. Rather get going. And yeah, there may be a few mistakes and hopefully they're not too costly and they won't be if you've done some due diligence. But get going and learn as you're going. And then partner with, with people who know what they're doing. So we were talking about market your way out of a recession, right? So what does that mean for a landlord or somebody getting into a property business, these these business owners that you're talking to with the disposable cash? Well, pick your agent based on their marketing. If they do the same marketing as every other single agent, mm -hmm. you know what you're getting, 
a question whether that's the right thing. But if marketing's so important in it to get through a recession, and it is because we've proven it a number of times, then get really clear about what your agents are doing on their marketing and pick your agent based on their marketing. You'll get better results. Yeah. Yeah. Communication, isn't it? We spoke about landlord to tenant, landlord to agent. The communication channel for the agent is their marketing. And if you don't buy into their marketing or you don't trust the marketing or the messaging is not right for your goals and it is generic or vanilla, then it may not be the agent of choice for you. Uh, we've mm. spoke about recession and we mentioned that word. Normally it's a horrible word, but we're talking <laughs> about it openly here and it feels fine. Um, <laughs> I remember um, in as an estate agent in 2007, 2008, mm. where fortunately in the home counties, we found that actually it hit us sort of quite late, actually. It was almost we completed the whole of 2007 and actually had a really good year. It was 2000, sorry, 2007, we had a bad year. 2008 was where it, it became a bit of a challenge. Um, at the time, I think across 2008, property prices where I was working, they dropped somewhere in the region about 30%. Right. It was pretty drastic. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't keep up with the market because as people were about to exchange, the neighbor was coming on the market for 20 grand less and they were withdrawing because they were like, I'm just overpaying here because it's taking 12 weeks to go through and prices have dropped 20 grand in 12 weeks. So it, they almost never bought because they were just always chasing the deal. But nonetheless, that, that figure sort of sits with me. And do you feel, and I know we can't hold this you to this, but do you feel we're entering a similar sort of recession or do you think this one will be a little bit different to the reasons why that happened with the banks in America and things like that? Do you, do you think we're in a different place for this recession if, if it inevitably does come? I think we're definitely in a different place because those, you know, the collapse of the banks was unprecedented, never, never seen before. Mm. And, um, and it was due to a significant lack of oversight and lack of regulation uh, of the banks that encouraged this this wild behaviour that actually brought a number of the banks down. Um, and then they needed to be bailed out with, with, um, by governments, with public money and all that kind of stuff. So that's not driving this, this recession. The, what, what's going to drive this recession is this cost of living issue mm-hmm. um, where there will be lower disposable income for households because they're having to spend it on surviving, you know, energy, food prices. Um, and therefore, when there's lower disposable income, there's less that they can then spend in the market. And when there's less to spend in the market, there's less money to going around in the market and it'll constrict. And we'll see businesses close. We're already seeing businesses close. Um, and we're going we're gonna to continue to see that. And it becomes that vicious circle where more businesses close there's less disposable income being earned. There's less money to be circulated in the market. And that, at, a, at a very fundamental and basic level, that's going to drive it. Um, that coupled by significant inaction or disastrous government economic policies that, that just don't make any sense, uh, e- even at a very basic level, they just don't mm. make any sense. So we, we, we're going to see it difficult. We're going to see it tough. Um, and it's good that it's being spoken about openly in forums like this, because it's not being spoken about openly enough in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and people, yeah, how, how can people find a way through recession if they haven't been educated to find a way through recession? So I think there's a massive government initiative here to help people and educate people, not just throw cash at them. Because they just scare the life them. out of people rather than actually saying, right, this is, this is the problem and this is the fix or this is the answer. And 
I mentioned my wife and the story of the energy bills and actually I didn't mention why that happened but I came home from work one day after listening to the radio and hearing the story I walked into the kitchen and she was cooking a single fish finger in the oven for my six-year-old <laughs> and that's the true fact of what happened and I just looked at it and I thought there's something not right here so we had the conversation and that was the reaction to it but it was it was Brilliant. it was listening and then seeing that this is a problem and there's, there's some solutions that we can take from this I totally agree with you I think there needs to be more education around that and your your line of work is to coach businesses through it and i think that's a viable investment for people to learn and have that soundboard and that educational process and share that problem they have with someone that can give them a potential solution and for us as as managing agents and um strategy i guess people that can strategize for property investors it's our job to give that right advice and it's the yeah. government's job to give the the public the right advice on what to do as well definitely so um you know, just like private lettings agents um, and private landlords are probably the backbone of supporting housing in the in the UK um, and, and accommodation in the UK because the government hasn't been able to do it. And although the lots of landlords get a really bad name, it's only a very small percentage that are awful. In the main, we've supported the, the housing crisis and and lessened it. Um, we also, as businesses, also have a responsibility to educate our landlords and to educate our tenants. So so let's pick up that that void where the government and the media aren't doing this education around how to get through a recession. Let's take that on, on our shoulders and go out there and be proactive, uh, 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 be proactive about it and help people. And I think, like you said, if, if your marketing is your channel of communication, as a business coach, if you're talking to your future clients and explaining some of the advice that you would give around recession proofing your business and for us as managing agents if yeah. our marketing as a business is to say these are the tips these are the advice for tenants these are the tips these are advice for new investors investors looking to strategize a sale of an asset investors looking to grow their portfolio this is the advice we give them hopefully they'll hear that communication and, and come back and um, i've really enjoyed this episode number two i'm sure there'll be a number three at some point in 2023 um, but thank you very much for your time. And is there any other advice that you would give for anyone listening or, or any um, tips that you would throw out there to, to the business owners that are listening? I think um, you just prompted me of a thought there. Give stuff away for free. Work out what you're really good at and give it away for free. So you guys, Avocado, you're really good at your marketing. You're really good at your advice that you can give to, to landlords and to tenants. Give it away for free and make it so good that people want more of it mm -hmm. and then they'll pay you for it. Yeah. And maybe that falls into your education piece. I don't know. I, th I think it's a great point because so many people have got so much to give in terms of information and education. We all need it at the moment. And I think what you do by doing that is you create a network around you that are people that are supporters of what you're trying to do and, and you build trust, which is what we're all looking to do as, as business owners. So, yeah, fantastic point to finish on. Thank you, Peter, for your time. Thanks, guys. Good to see you again. Hopefully I get my hat trick. Gents. Peter's left the room. Uh, we predicted it. I think that's probably one of the most valuable podcasts any of our listeners will listen to this year. I'm going to put it out there. That's the, probably the most informative podcast we've ever done. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, and relevant as well. I think relevant. And I like the fact that sometimes you get guests on and not so much on this podcast, but when you're listening to others, they sit on the fence a little bit. 
I like the fact that Peter went straight in with there with, look, there is going to be a recession. You know, let's not beat around the bush. There will be. What we now have to do is educate ourselves, plan, strategize of how you get through the recession rather than burying your head in the sand and then panicking. Um, so I think to kick straight off with that was really, really important. And just the way that things were related back to being a landlord as a business owner, little things that you mentioned when I asked about what strategy you would take with the portfolio landlord that had five, it was quite interesting to hear him talk about the costings, like look at your expensive debt and look at your um, subscriptions and the things that you don't need and where you allocate your time as well. Are you spending your time in the right area? And I really like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a it's a review that businesses should do. It's a review that landlords should do. And personally, you should do it on your own finances as well. You know, it's, it's something that I think was super relevant, a great tip. I think the other thing to take away from that as well is with the cost of living that we, we know is obviously increasing substantially. He thinks that as an agent, you should be giving advice to tenants on how to improve, how to cut back on those things. And even for landlords, because it's in their benefit or interest to, to do so, because it's going to retain the tenant for longer if they're paying quite a substantial amount. And I think the other thing that, that, that he mentioned within the podcast, that has been mentioned on a few podcasts now, Liam's a couple of weeks uh, ago, especially with, with yourself, Mike, where he said communication is key. Get close to your tenant whether that's through the agent or whether you manage it directly. But that's the, the key thing in, in these hard times is to communicate with your tenant. Yeah. So I'm going to close with an analogy for Ian's property investor who drove past a flat and decided she didn't like the area. No doubt she has a portfolio of shares and investments as well, whether that's through a SIP or uh, through a personal investment plan. I bet she never drove past BG's head office and decided she didn't like the office. What's the relevance? Because it's not the property that pays you the money, it's the tenant. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the yield, it's the tenant, it's the investment. You're not going to live there. So it's a great point. Great, great episode. Love this. If anyone's got any questions for us or for Peter, if people want to get in contact with Peter at Action Coach, um, he does do some fantastic sessions that are ad hoc you know there's 90 day planning episodes that people um sessions that people can go to not episodes uh, and also if you want to talk to him on a one-on-one -on -one basis or in a group basis there's different options for people there as well so I, I definitely would suggest that because i think if you're a business owner out there it, there's a lot of value that comes from that educational experience so yeah thank you to peter for uh, episode two of his we'll look out for number three I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They agents have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.